Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders University. If you're looking to train up your supervisors and managers, please check out our newest offering, The Art of Being a Great Boss. In this 13-month program, I'll be taking your managers through our driving results curriculum, which includes topics on communication, performance management, motivation, delegation, problem solving, decision making, team development, and much more. Now, these sessions are virtual, running one hour each month, and I'm going to personally do it using our popular sketch and seminar graphic art and storytelling format. No boring PowerPoints, stale stories, and outdated tools and techniques. These sessions are engaging and provide tactical, practical tools that can be used immediately after the sessions. You can either have your entire organization take our program, or if you have just a few folks, join one of our open enrollment cohorts that start every other month. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com. Well, right now we are getting ready to start the grand reopening, going from a virtual environment to an in-person environment. Some organizations are going to stay virtual, some do a hybrid, some are going back full speed. Either way, we need to have a good perspective on how to re-enter the workforce. Well, there's two ways we could look at this. We could listen to politicians, which I guess know everything on the damn planet, right? Or we could listen to medical professionals. Today, I thought we would take the medical professional approach. Our guest today is Claire Rocher-Matzi. Now, she's a physician assistant. She works as a public health professional, and she understands this world really, really well. I really enjoyed speaking with her because she provides a good perspective on what's going to be most important as we re-enter the workforce, as we try to figure out a new reality. Lots of good advice here. She really talks a lot about the vaccine and why it's a good thing. I think you're going to find it enlightening and useful as you start thinking about bringing your teams back to the office. So let's quit talking about Claire. Let's talk to her. Go ahead and put that personal item under that seat in front of you. Buckle up tight. It's time for us to take off. Should the cabin lose pressure, oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe. Claire Rocher Matsy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Mac. Really glad we could do this. You know, we are in April of 2021. I tend not to like to date and timestamp, but I think it's relevant today. If we were to listen to this five years from now, people would say, COVID, what was that? Daddy, what was a COVID? But for us right now, this is our reality. And the other part of reality as of this day of recording is that people are now trying to figure out now that vaccines are more common, how are we going to get back to work? And your expertise is going to be very crucial as people listen in for advice on how to do this the right way. You've got a whole list of pieces of information for us today, Claire. Before we get to that, I was hoping you could share something about your background with us. Tell us what you do and tell us why this particular space that you're in is now so important. Good morning, Mac and HR Oxygen listeners. Um, I'm Claire Roche Matzi. I'm a public health consultant. I help HR professionals, companies, and businesses keep their teams safe 
during the COVID-19 pandemic and during this return to the workplace transition that we're all starting to you know, look forward to. I have both a clinical degree as a physician assistant. I also have a master in public health, both from the George Washington University. So I've been you know, a clinician for most of my career, but I was seeing patients during the beginning of the pandemic calling me with COVID-19 symptoms from their place of work. And that really concerned me because, you know, business owners, HR professionals were all of a sudden being asked to become public health experts during a very volatile and ever evolving pandemic. So I realized that that was a problem. I could help employers and their teams solve to help them keep their teams and their communities safe. So up until pandemic time, you were practicing medicine, you were a clinician, but at what point during the last year and a half or whatever it's been since we've been involved in this, did it just strike you to say, you know what, I'm going to completely change. I'm not going to use the word pivot because I hate when people use pivot. Pivot is like the word I never want to say again. And even though I have to say it to tell you, I don't want to say it again, I still get annoyed with it. But let's say it one more time. You yeah. pivoted during COVID and now you are running your own consulting business. That's quite a pivot, isn't it? It has been quite a pivot and quite an adventure. Um, in medicine, we are trained to diagnose and treat illness and promote health. In public health, we're definitely taught a bit of like the business of health, but entrepreneurship is a whole nother, you know, bag of worms, as you as you know, Max. So, um, so it's been a gr an amazing learning experience, getting to more know more about starting a business, about networking a business as opposed to just like as a medical professional. Um, it's been a real treat to learn from other professionals and other entrepreneurs such as yourself and other, especially some of the HR entrepreneurs. You all are people people. And I'm really <laughs> grateful to get to, um, you know, work with, you know, HR professionals in keeping their teams safe and learning from them about how to um, start a business, you know, and uh, work together as, you know, the HR community to keep our communities safe. Well, it's, it's a big worry for a lot of people right now. You're actually hitting, I mean, this is like the perfect time to start this kind of business. And, and I don't want you to completely depress us right now, but will you be going back to being a clinician when COVID is dead and gone? Or do you see other things coming down the line where your business will actually continue to be in business? Well, for one, the pandemic is not over yet. So we're definitely in a phase of trying to figure out how to keep each other and our team safe and productive, you know, um, so that, and I think that's going to be a while because even as people are getting vaccinated, there will be opportunities to keep our teams safe from the pandemic. So definitely helping people keep their teams safe with a COVID-19 focus is still, you know, an important business that I hope to continue, you know, serving, you know, HR professionals and businesses to keep their team safe. Um, that being said, I also hope we as businesses and HR professionals um, and employers recognize and learn a little bit from this pandemic about how taking care of our teams is also taking care of our business model. We can no longer take this like gung-ho, everybody has to come into work, even if you're sick, even if your kid is sick, um, we need to um, recognize that taking care of our people is also taking care of our business. So I hope that, you know, as hopefully the COVID-19 pandemic component of my practice um, transitions, I also hope to help 
employers and HR professionals keep their teams well. You know, so I think workplace wellness and workplace wellness policies and bringing in a consultant to look at your policies and say, hey, are we giving enough sick leave for people to feel safe that they're able to keep their job even if they have to call in sick when they or their family member is ill? Are we um, having enough, um, you know, you know, HR policies with the, sorry, I'm having a little technical glitch over here. Um, are we keeping our teams well? And it's just safe. Are we keeping them well and productive? Do we have the opportunity for remote work on a regular scheduled basis? Or if an exigency, an emergency comes up, do we give our teams the option to give their best selves while still supporting them in being their best selves? Does that make sense? It does. I guess now there's probably two ways you could, two audiences. I mean, you could go to the C-suite and try to convince the, the CEO, CFO. Why is the HR piece of this so crucial? I mean, I would think the leader of the organization should be the one engaging you, but why HR, Claire? Human resources. You all are in charge of taking care of the human resources. Your employees look to you and your C-suite looks to you create policies, protocols, and a culture that keeps everyone safe and productive. So, you know, yes, the C-suite should definitely be involved and is part of every, you know, consultancy um, because in general, they're the, they hold the purse strings, but they're still looking to their HR team to, you know, keep the team safe, to bring in consultants, to, you know, work, create a culture of, productive teamwork, you know, and safety. Yeah. Well, I want you to think back because you've been in the medical practice for a while now. Has there been anything that you've experienced that's been like COVID or has this been like when you were going to school and you thought, what's worst case scenario? What if there was a pandemic? I mean, is, have you seen worse or is this as bad as it gets? So, you know, I've been in practice I've been in healthcare at some level since the year 2000 and um, in clinical practice since 2004 in the DC area. This is by far the worst, most unprecedented pandemic we have faced. Um, you know, it's hitting very vulnerable populations. It is affecting, you know, everyone from the children who have been out of school to the parents who have been trying to work and juggle, you know, kids and elderly parents to the elderly. Um, and so it's been, it's affected, you know, all components of our community from a health perspective and also from an economic perspective, the um, economic as well as the mental health toll on our country and our world has been just absolutely unprecedented. Now, that being said, we have had warning shots. Mother nature tried to tell us a few times with H1N1, um, you know, with bovine, um, encephalitis, and even when Ebola was like starting, we we're starting to worry that it might um, come over here. Um, so this is both unprecedented uh, in its uh, extreme way in which it has affected our world. However, um, we need to recognize that this might not be the last time we have to face, you know, um, you know, an infectious disease affecting us um, both at a health and then an economic level. Let's assume that 
because we're in the process of vaccinations right now. I had my second one last week. My wife had her second one yesterday. So people are getting those now. Let's just pretend that a year from now, things are back to what we can remember from two years ago. Masks are no longer a thing. Remember when it was like you would see a, a dirty disposable diaper in the parking lot? Now we see the, a used mask laying there. But let's fast forward a year or two, and it's no longer the thing. Now we, we're back to dirty diapers in the parking lot. How long do you think it'll take before, we'll just speak to Americans, forget about all this, and then they'll be shocked when we have COVID-22 or something like that? How long do you think, just based on your knowledge of human beings, because you deal with them all the time, how long do you think before we forget and we go back to our old ways? Yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations to you and your wife for getting your vaccinations. These vaccines are amazing. They are so safe and so effective. They're not even made with eggs, so people with egg allergies can get them. You know, they're really safe, really effective. So when it is your turn, please get your vaccine. And if you have any questions or concerns, please talk to your healthcare provider. These vaccines are our ticket to, you know, hugging our grandkids again, to um, seeing our friends again, to getting the workplaces back on track. So first of all, thank you for getting your vaccine and for making, you know, giving me the opportunity to encourage everyone to get their vaccine when it is their turn. And, you know, eligibility is expanding in all states. So we're, we're reaching that point where everyone should be able to get their vaccine but they should talk to their physician if they have any questions or concerns. All right, so how long it will be before Americans forget? Um, so human beings don't always, aren't always good at remembering things, especially if it might inconvenience them in the future. Um, so I, I'm both optimistic that we have learned some lessons. We've learned that we can be very productive remotely. We've learned that we can look out for each other by wearing masks and spacing out, even when it is difficult. Um, but I, so I don't know if, how long it will take for us to to forget because it has had a significant impact. A lot of lives have been lost. You know, almost six hundred thousand lives have been lost in the U.S. to this mm -hmm. pandemic, along with jobs and a year of kids schooling has been pushed remote. So. I think a lot of the lessons will stick with us, um, but the things we need to carry with us are our ability to take care of each other um, and our ability to, you know, create a different model of teamwork. A lot of businesses have suffered, but a lot of businesses have been very productive during this time period. Uh, you know, employees haven't had to like call in if they had to drop the kid off at the dentist appointments or or if they've been sick. Um, a lot of employees haven't had to commute two hours each way to get to work. So those are productive hours as opposed to, you know, frustrated hours. We, you know, both, you know, as personal, as individuals and as communities, but also as employers and HR professionals, um, we have learned some lessons that will hopefully stay with us that, you know, opportunities to, to work remotely or to um, create a culture and policies that support the health and wellness of our teams also supports the health and wellness of our businesses. So hopefully we'll still hold on to those. Yeah, I hope so too. Those lessons. I think the older I get, I, I look back and think, you know, it's funny, we seem to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. And this has been such a traumatic one for everybody. Maybe what helped is that it happened quick. You know, it's like overnight, everything shifted. And sometimes that's the best way. It's like ripping a Band-Aid off. 
Now, the return to work is done in stages. So this new phase of change back to what we used to do, now that's going to take a while. And I think, you know, because this thing in some ways was kind of politicized, that's probably had an impact on how everybody's looking at going back to work vaccines themselves. So my hope is that we don't ever see another COVID, but I don't think that's likely. I think there'll probably be something else. I just hope we've learned lessons. Let's talk though about our ticket out of this mess, which is the vaccine. So you've already said you think it's a good thing. Why do people push back on not just COVID vaccines, but vaccines in general? Mac, that's a hard question to answer, you know, but every person is surrounded by their own sources of information. And if their sources of information are trusted, healthcare professionals and science and media that give provides information based on the science, they're generally, you know, for vaccinations. However, if their information is coming from less science-based sources, um, they can be flooded with information that, you know, associates vaccines with some, you know, negative consequence, you know, based on either anecdotal evidence like, oh, my kid got a fever after their shot or, you know, other, I'm not going to honestly repeat some of the misinformations out there um, just in the interest of not perpetuating them. Um, So there's those, the, 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 you know, people have their own information bubbles and those who are surrounded by science-based evidence-based information generally are pro-vaccines and those are surrounded by bubbles of disinformation um, tend to be more resistant. In addition to the information um, bubbles, there are populations in our country who have historically been abused and exploited by the healthcare profession or ignored or mistreated in some way. So there are communities who, you know, ha- know of family members who are part of Tuskegee um, try, you know, medical trials that didn't, you know, treat syphilis for, um, for African-American um, men. So there are, you know, communities have been exploited and abused by the healthcare profession and, you know, industry overall over time. So there, so that's another group that aren't so much the disinformation bubbles as more the historical trauma, um, associated with, um, with the healthcare field. And, um, so for, so to address both of those groups, the different information group, we have to find a way to, in, you know, get into that disinformation bubble and provide good information in a way that they can hear it. Um, and then for the group that just has been exploited and abused by the healthcare system, those groups need to hear from trusted people in their communities. It might not be, you know, this Caucasian girl from St. Louis is going to convince somebody, you know, who, you know, has had, you know, trauma with the healthcare system. I might not be the best messenger for that that person, it might be, you know, a leader in the faith community or a physician of color. Um, so the, you know, those who needs to be out there showing their their shot selfie, their va- their COVID vaccine selfie, and um, encouraging people that this is a safe and effective vaccine um, and that it's been tested on, you know, thousands and thousands and millions of people from all different communities and it's been tested. It is safe and effective. It keeps people alive. It keeps people out of the hospital. It keeps people in their workplaces if they're safe. So, so that's uh, how we need to address 
the people who are resistant to the vaccines. Well, I mean, uh, this is reality for me. My daughter is is an anti-vax. My three grandkids have never had any vaccines. So, I mean, they don't listen to my podcast, so I'm not telling anything that they'll be mad about. But it concerns me. Now, I'm a guy who got every shot possible as a kid when I joined the military. You roll up your sleeves and go through the shot line. There's a corpsman on either end with one of them big guns that shoots the stuff. I have no idea what I got. My wife got anthrax. I don't even know if that was tested. So that said, vaccines are good. Could we just make it mandatory, Claire? Could we just say, look, you need a vaccine or you're not going to be able to leave your house? Is that something that we should be doing or how is that all going to play out? Because if vaccinations are the key to beating this, can we reach herd immunity with the amount of people that probably still don't want to get this? So the U.S. healthcare system and our system of like a lot of public health control goes to the states. Um, so that will probably end up being a state to state decision. Right now, we cannot actually require it because it is actually still an emergency use. It's a little technicality, but basically it's been given emergency use authorization, but not like full, full FDA certification, which don't worry about that. It has been given to millions of people as safe and as effective. It is just, you know, kind of another box that they have to check. So that, that being said, from the government level, I honestly don't think that will happen. The, um, that would probably meet with a lot of resistance. However, getting back to the HR and the employer level, we still can't officially require it yet, but we will be able to at least strongly encourage our employees to get vaccinated. Um, there will always have to be an exemption for religious or medical exemptions, um, as one would say for like the flu shot. Um, so policies around vaccination requirements are going to have to be uh, tailored to the, um, the organization. For example, um, especially if an employee's essential duties involve travel, I think that's going to be a group you're going to really want to stress and encourage vaccinations, both for their own safety and the safety of your organization, but also just for their ability to do their job. Right, The CDC has already released travel guidance that allows fully vaccinated people to travel without quarantining. They might still want to take a test and they have to wear their masks, but that is a huge endorsement of these vaccines and a huge difference in that employee's ability to do their job. If they're not vaccinated, they're going to have to quarantine after they get back. So that just can make, you know, people who travel's job much more difficult. So that's going to be a group that I think would be as close to requiring as, you know, you can. And then employers can say, okay, we encourage you to get the vaccine, but if you choose not to, you're going to remain remote. Or um, they can do promotions like, okay, you show us your fully vaccinated vaccine card. We'll, you know, give you a half day, um, you know, of paid leave to get your vaccine, or we'll give you a, um, you know, a little bonus. Again, the religious and medical exemptions, we will have to figure out a way for them to be eligible, quote unquote, for that bonus. Um, but that could be they get their letter from the doctor. And I will be honest with you, there are very few truly legitimate medical exemptions for the vaccines that we have available in the U.S. The, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, very few side effects or contraindications. Um, so, but, but you know, there, there will have to be that option for exemptions, but 
I encourage um, employers to strongly encourage and possibly eventually require COVID-19 vaccination, you know, at least prior to returning to the office in person. Yeah, it's going to be a tough thing, but I guess I would feel more comfortable if I was consulting with a medical professional versus a politician or a consultant. So what you tell me, I'm more likely to believe because you understand the world of medicine, which, you know, I'd heard a running joke or something. Somebody asking a doctor, when do you think we can take the masks off? And the doctor says, I don't know. I'm just a doctor. Ask the politicians. They know best. So, you know, we've dealt with that over the past year and misinformation, maybe because there's so much information. Now you don't know which one to believe. Um, I believe Krispy Kreme, because apparently if you show your vaccine card, you get a free donut every day for a year. So, I mean, you may die of, you know, obesity, but at least you'll, you know, have got your shot, right? Maybe they should give out carrot sticks or something. That might be a better incentive, huh? Well, let's go back then yes, to... Yes, and that to, does go back to the health and wellness. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that probably isn't a good idea, but <clears throat> let's go back now to what you do. So let's say an organization is today thinking, all right, most of our staff is at least got their first shot. They're probably lined up to get their second. We'll have a few that don't want to get it. We do want to get ready to start reopening the office, but we need somebody to come help us. So they reach out to you and you have the benefit of both the clinical background and you understand this stuff and a consulting background now. So tell me, Claire, how does it work? Tell me when you go in, what are the kinds of things you look for? How could you you know, give us some advice on what we should start thinking about as we're making this transition back into the physical workspace? Yes, thank you. That This consulting process will you know, be tailored to the organization's needs. It will always start out with some conversations with HR and the C-suite to determine what their vision of reopening looks like. And have they even thought of that? Have they thought, oh, it's just going to look like normal, the you know, 20, 2019 normal? Um, or have they thought creatively about how their business has functioned over the um over the course of remote work? Have they been as productive or more productive with their teams primarily remote? So there will be organizations that do come back in more of a um, remote or hybrid model. But the first step is always to figure out what their vision is and consider a survey of their teams, like of the managers. Hey, manager A, has your team been super productive during the pandemic or has it been hard to keep your team working productively during um, the remote work um, and individual employees. Like, have you, do you, have you been productive? How's your work satisfaction? Those sort of, you know, involving the teams to see if the new normal is gonna look like the old normal or if there might be opportunities for creative innovation as an organization, as a business to keep the team safe, productive and, um, you know, employee uh, productivity as well as employee, you know, satisfaction. Um, you know, optimized. And then we'll look at the workspace itself. Is it feasible to, you know, fit the same number of people in your workspace in a safe manner um, as we return? Because I think we'll still need to do some spacing and um, may eventually, you know, be able to get rid of the masks, but there might be some needs for masks. So looking at the physical space, how do we make this space safe um, for our team members? 
How's the ventilation? Do the windows open? So the physical space. And then we look at the policies. So do all your team members have paid sick leave? Can your people take, you know, time off or at least remote, you know, work remotely to not to come to work if they're sick? Do we have pretty decent health insurance so that our patient, our employees are not going to try to come in sick or skimp on, you know, taking care of their other health needs? Um, and then, you know, how's our communication? Are we communicating with our team members about this process, about expectations? Um, you know, and I think we'll still be doing masks and a little spacing for, for through at least 2021. Um, so work, you know, working on those sort of policies. Um, and then just, you know, and then of course the vaccination policy, which as we discussed, you know, pretty thoroughly, but in strongly encouraging, potentially giving time off to get the vaccine, potentially, you know, some sort of, um, you know, incentive to get the vaccine or to at least, you know, and to bring in the documentation because somebody just emailing you saying got the vaccine is not sufficient documentation in the, in this case. Um, so, um, and then, you know, the cleaning and the screenings and um, so kind of figuring out what does the new normal look like for this organization and then putting together a protocol doc protocol and policy document, you know, to help kind of help the, you know, HR and C-suite present that to the executives and to the team. I also can do trainings. So if, you know, we create this beautiful document, but nobody knows what it says and nobody reads the fine print, it's not very useful. So I can, you know, come to your group and say, hey, this, you know, I'm Claire Roche Matsy. I'm the public health consultant. So I have, you know, and I can communicate the, the policies, protocols and plans to the team in a way that they might not always hear from the same person they always hear from who doesn't always have the public health background to be able to communicate in a way that um, is you know, evidence-based and, um, and public health-based. Okay. So when we get ready to make this move, we have two options. We could find out what the competition's doing, which is how a lot of people make their policies, which is why I think it'll take two or three industry leaders and then everybody in the industry will want to copy them. So you could do that. You could just Google it and try to find what's the best way to reopen. Or best case scenario, we find Claire. And Claire takes care of that for us. And now that we've had the time to meet you and find out what you know and how you're wired, I'm going to recommend option three. So if you want option three, Claire, how do we find you? What's the best way to engage you to get you to help us reopen, reload, and rebrand or whatever we need to do to move past this and create some sort of normal that we can all live with. How do we find you? So my website is saferpublichealth.com. Pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Saferpublichealth.com. And then my email address is claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, at saferpublichealth.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook. So I will... Um, I will reach out and reply to whichever of those methods of uh, of reaching out to me because I'm really enthusiastic to help employers and HR professionals keep their team safe and productive as we enter this new normal, you know, of COVID and post-COVID office reopening. Good, 
All right. Well, Claire, thank you for sharing your perspectives. Thank you, too, for being somebody with legit knowledge of this, not somebody who's on the fringes who can give us some good advice. And if you're listening today and you're getting ready to make this big transition, you got one shot to do it right. Let's do it the right way. I'd strongly encourage you to contact Claire. Let her help you get yourselves ready to hit whatever the new normal will be. And there'll be no pivoting here. We're going to recreate. All right. Claire, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you so much, Mac, and to all the listeners. Take care and be well. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well. <laughs>